Wayne Albritton. Palm Springs, Broadway, television, Las Vegas, and Follies dancer and singer passes away. Born in Jackson, Mississippi, Wayne, whose five-decade performing career took him from Broadway to Hollywood, to Europe, to Las Vegas, and ultimately to Palm Springs, has passed away. He was 78. According to his wife, Greta, he died on Saturday, July 24th of natural causes in Palm Springs. Wayne discovered dancing when he contracted a severe case of measles at age six, and the doctor recommended dance lessons to regain his strength. He was a promising college shortstop, batting 550, when he traded sports for the life of a dancer. At age 19, he left Mississippi for New York and was immediately cast in the Broadway production of Carnival. After a year on Broadway, his dreams were of sunshine, beaches, and palm trees. So he headed to Los Angeles and danced for a year on The Andy Williams Show. He then was hired to dance on a weekly international TV variety show, Studio Uno, in Rome, Italy, for a year. Next, Wayne migrated to Las Vegas to become a Moro Landis dancer at the Sahara Hotel, and then principal singer and dancer for Anne Margaret's Las Vegas debut. He was lead singer for 13 years in four Don Arden shows, including the Lido di Paris at the Stardust Hotel, Hello America, and Pizzazz at the Desert Inn, and Hallelujah Hollywood at the MGM Grand. After owning and operating two Las Vegas taverns for a decade, he returned to performing and being a kid again, where he spent 14 years as a cast member of the fabulous Palm Springs Follies. Eventually, his wife Greta joined him in the production, and Wayne was quoted in the show's program saying, It's been my pleasure to watch my beautiful wife Greta grow into a stronger, more positive woman since she joined the Follies cast. At age 71, when asked how he survived the rigors of performing nine Follies shows per week, he replied, I follow a simple formula. I just do it. I show up, I suit up, and I shut up. For anyone who ever watched Wayne perform, his joy and enthusiasm for his art leapt off the stage and into the hearts of everyone in the audience. In addition to his wife, Wayne is survived by two nephews and a niece. A memorial is to be announced at a later date. Sentimental journey. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I worked at the fabulous Palm Springs Follies. Today is a sad day. Uh, many of you by this point might have heard that we lost one of our great Follies dancers and entertainers, Wayne Albritton. Wayne was on my list of people to interview and he was on that list of people to interview because he was someone, when he came to the Follies and the years that I got to work with him, who treated me as someone <clears throat> that he respected, and I respected him greatly. This is tough. <laughs> Wayne, if you get a chance to look at any of his pictures on his uh, social media or if you get the chance to go through any of the Follies videos that are on YouTube, I know Greg Purdy has posted some on Facebook for you to look at, some interviews and things like that. <clears throat> the one thing you'll notice about Wayne is he always has a smile on his face. And I, I can't recall a time that he didn't. 
when I worked with him, no matter how strenuous the dancing number was or uh, whatever he needed to do, he did it with a smile on his face. I don't, <clears throat> I don't recall a lot of Wayne's backstory. That's why I wanted to have him on. I know that he and his wife Greta moved to Las Vegas for a time after the Follies closed. And then I believe they moved back to Palm Springs. Wayne had one of those good old boy southern accents about him as well. And I think that's one reason that I connected with him as quickly as I did coming from the Midwest. Not only did he always have that smile on his face, he was always one to jump in and lend somebody a hand and help out however he could at the Follies. I don't think I ever heard him say no as far as being asked to do an act or anything like that. And one of the most amazing acts that I ever saw Wayne do was his whip-cracking act. And if you look on his social media site, you'll see a picture of him in his backyard cracking his whip. And it was incredible. And he worked on that religiously. He always wanted to make sure that thing was right. And we were doing a cowboy act in a, in a spring number. Gosh, I don't know. Was it spring of 2000 maybe or spring of 1999? I really don't know. I, I can't recall right now. And wow, he worked on that whip crack all day long, it seemed like. Anytime he could get free time on that stage, he was working on it. He was also, he would work on his dance routines anytime he could get on that stage. I can recall uh, many mornings coming in when we wouldn't necessarily have a rehearsal scheduled yet, and Wayne would be there early, and Wayne would be there working, perfecting his dance moves however he could, always with a smile on his face, One, 100% of the time. It, it's incredible. And... He was always the type of person, even years after I left the Follies, the couple of times that I went back and, and did things for Mr. Markowitz or, or just went to see the show, you know, after I left. In the 10 or 12 years after I left, I visited almost every year to either work or just see the show. But man, when you saw Wayne, one of the first things he did, he would see you from across the room and he would light up. And he wouldn't wait for you to get to him. He would come to you. And he would come to you, and he had this way of sticking his hand out to shake your hand. And he did it robustly, and he did it with a smile. And then he'd wrap that arm around you and give you a hug. Just an amazing man all around. We're going to miss him. And <clears throat> there's, not, there's not a lot of people like that anymore. And a lot of the people that I worked with at Tefales, a lot of our performers, most of them, 99% of them, were like Wayne. They're happy. They were always glad to see you. They were hard workers. It's not to say that every performer was that way. We had a couple, but you know what? They washed themselves out. They didn't make it. They weren't there for 14 years or 10 years. They were there for a season and you never saw them again. 
things have a way of working themselves out like that, don't they? And I can recall one of my favorite stories that occurred during that time when Wayne was doing his whip act for that cowboy number. We had a meeting after the show, like we always did. And Mr. Markowitz says, gentlemen, I need you to turn down the whip crack 5 dB. And we, Dave and I kind of looked at each other and we smiled a little bit and we said, sir, we don't have, that's not an effect that we're hitting when Wayne snaps that whip. That's Wayne. Oh, pardon me for hitting that. That's Wayne actually snapping that whip and causing that crack to happen. I don't, I, I have a recollection of Mr. Markowitz not believing us right away. So, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure how that happened because he watched it. He was there during rehearsals. He knew what was happening, I thought. Uh, but this may have been one of those just incidental things that, you know, he was just watching when Wayne cracked the whip in rehearsal. Things get, because it, it happened kind of early in either the rehearsals or just after we started that, that number in the show. I'm not 100%. Uh, and you can't blame Mr. Markowitz. I mean, if you ever saw Mr. Markowitz sitting in his uh, captain's chair out in the house during those rehearsal times when we were building shows, I, he was wide open to somebody coming up to him and asking him a question or showing him some paperwork or showing him a video or us going up and having him listen to a song. And, you know, he got pulled in uh, not even a million different directions. I don't, I don't know how many directions he got pulled in. It is unfathomable that he was able to always concentrate and get, you know, and get what he wanted out of the performers and out of us as technicians. I mean, people coming up to him, asking him what color he wanted uh, the seats to be or uh, the lighting looks, everything. So you don't blame Mr. Markowitz or uh, blame is not even the right word, but you can't. You can't fault him for missing something as tiny as this, you know, because we did sound effects for literally everything. You know, we might do a sound effect for you walking across the stage. We might do a sound effect for flipping your hair. We did a lot of those things. And I guess we had to go in. Uh, we called Wayne in and put Wayne on the stage and he starts cracking that whip. And Mr. Mark was like, hmm. Well, okay then, fellas, I guess you're right there. He is making that noise. And I believe that he tried to get Wayne to turn the noise down as well, uh, unsuccessfully. I don't think you can control how loud that noise is because if you don't hit the whip right, it just doesn't make noise. It's only going to make the noise once. You know, It has to unfold and, and uh, with the right amount of speed and flick of your arm and all these things that are uh, involved there. And it was a real bullwhip. I mean, there was a real danger of somebody, you know, stepping into the wrong spot and getting hit with that thing. So great care was taken to make sure that the staging was correct, that when Wayne did his bullwhip, no one else could get in line of that bullwhip because it would have hurt dramatically. And I don't remember Wayne getting hit with him himself. I've seen guys crack bullwhips and wound up hitting themselves with it. I don't ever remember that happening with Wayne. And that was just one of the, the the funny times. I mean, Wayne took it in stride, you know, and uh, we just moved on from it. <laughs> Turn that whip down a few dB, fellas. <clears throat> and, of course, in you know a small theater like the Follies, things could resonate for days out there uh, coming off the stage. 
so Wayne will be missed, and uh, I'm kicking myself with regret at this point for not getting a hold of Wayne sooner because I know that if I had sent Wayne a note, he would have called me up probably within minutes to say, let's do this now. I've, I've got time. What are we waiting for? Let's do it. So he'll be missed greatly because he was truly one of the, um, one of the greats, one of the happy people. He was happy to do his job. And to him, it wasn't a job. It was what he did. It was his life. It was his, his passion, his love next to Greta. I'm sure that Greta, his love for Greta was the only thing that was greater than his love for performing and for making things right. I'm not going to apologize for cracking up here a little bit because this one stings. It really does. And it's taken a couple of days to hit me, and it just hit me all of a sudden. So I wanted to get this out there. Please, if you're still in touch with any of your Follies friends, tell them hi. Tell them how much you enjoyed what they did for you at the show. Tell them you appreciate the years that you had there or the times that you went to see the Follies if you were a patron. Because it truly was... It's almost like it's a dream now that that show was there. It really is. And uh, it's a great dream. <laughs> we want to continue to have. Thank you for listening on today's I Worked at the Palm Springs Follies podcast. I will try to get some more insight into the life of Wayne to bring to you later. I just wanted to get this out there now to show how important his happiness was to everyone at the Follies and to everyone that saw him perform. We appreciate every one of you. Thank you for joining us today.